Hello and welcome to the Truth Seekers Podcast. A truth seeker is someone who wants to know the truth. They search for what's true and they won't rest until they find it. I am a truth seeker and if you are too, then you've come to the right place where we will search for truth each week in the stories of the Bible. The Bible is filled with stories of great battles, of good guys fighting the bad guys. We've learned a lot about battles already. We've seen the Israelites fight many battles against their enemies. But I want to tell you about a different kind of battle that Paul talks about in the New Testament. This is a battle that is happening all around us, but we can't see it with our physical eyes. Paul says in Ephesians 6.12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Truth seekers, there is a battle taking place between God's army and between Satan's army in the spiritual world that we can't see. The good news is that we don't have to be afraid of Satan and his army. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, we become children of God. We have instant protection from the evil one. God sends his mighty army of angels to surround us and protect us. And one day, Satan will be defeated. He is nowhere near as powerful as God. Satan has to submit to God and bow down before him when Jesus returns for us. Satan and his army will be destroyed. This is something we have to look forward to. In today's story, we are going to learn about a battle. It was a battle between kings, but there was more going on behind the scenes in a heavenly battle as well. After King Ahab had died, his son, Jeram, became king of the northern kingdom of Israel. He became king in Israel, while King Jehoshaphat was king in the southern kingdom of Judah. Jeram reigned 12 years. He also did evil in the eyes of the Lord, but not as evil as his father Ahab and his mother Jezebel had done. He did get rid of the sacred stone of Baal that his father had made, but nevertheless he still allowed idolatry and idol worship to continue in the land. Now there was another king in another kingdom called Moab. This king's name was Meshah, and while King Ahab had been alive, King Meshah had paid tribute to him. When you pay tribute to someone, or when you pay tribute to a king, and you're a king from another country, it means that you give them money or you give them items so that they will not attack you. And so King Meshah had paid tribute to King Ahab by supplying him with a hundred thousand lambs and with the wool of a hundred thousand rams in exchange so that King Ahab would not invade or attack King Mashah's land of Moab. As long as King Mashah paid tribute to King Ahab, King Ahab promised he would not attack or invade his land. But after King Ahab died, The king of Moab rebelled against the new king of Israel, King Jeram, and King Mashah no longer felt he needed to pay any tribute to Israel now that King Ahab had died. Well, King Jeram, Ahab's son, would have none of that. 
Since the king of Moab was refusing to pay him, he decided to set out from his capital city in Samaria and gather together all of the fighting men of Israel. He also sent a message to King Jehoshaphat in the southern kingdom of Judah, saying, The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? He knew King Jehoshaphat had gone with his father to fight, so he asked him if he would go with him as well. And King Jehoshaphat replied in the same way he had replied to his father Ahab, I will go with you. I am as you are. My people are as your people. My horses are as your horses. King Jehoshaphat was willing to support his Israelite brothers and sisters in the north. They decided to travel to Moab through the desert of Edom. And as they went through the desert of Edom, on their way to Moab, the king of Edom decided to join them as well. So all together, the three kings, the king of Israel in the north, the king of Judah in the south, and the king of Edom, made their way to Moab. Now on their way to Moab, as they had been traveling through the desert for seven days, they ran out of water. The army had no more water for themselves or for the animals with them. What? exclaimed King Jeram. Has the Lord called us three kings together only to hand us over to Moab? But Jehoshaphat, being the godly man and leader that he was, said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord through him? Jehoshaphat was always seeking the wisdom and guidance of the Lord. He knew the Lord could help them. An officer of King Jeram answered, Elisha, son of Shaphat, is here. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. And so, true seekers, Elisha would now be called upon to step into the shoes of Elijah and speak as prophet of the Lord to these three kings. So King Jehoshaphat, King Jeram, and the king of Edom went down to see Elisha. Elisha said to King Jeram when he saw him, What do we have to do with each other? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. You see, Elisha knew the evil that had taken place under King Jeram's father and mother, Ahab and Jezebel. He knew the false prophets that were there in the land speaking lies and not truth. He did not want to be a part of King Jeram and his wicked family. But King Jeram would not let him go. No, it is the Lord who has called us three kings together to hand us over to Moab. Elisha said, As surely as the Lord Almighty lives whom I serve, if I did not have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you or even notice you. Wow, true seekers. Because Elisha knew the heart of Jehoshaphat and that he was a good king who followed after Yahweh, Elisha would help them, and only because he respected King Jehoshaphat, he would give them a word from the Lord because of Jehoshaphat's faithfulness. Then Elisha said something interesting. He said, Bring me a harpist. Do you know what a harp is? A harp is a musical instrument with strings played with the hands. It is a peaceful instrument that plays beautiful music. It was very common in those times. In fact, King David had played the harp himself. 
Now, why would Elisha ask for a harp to be played? Of all things, a harp? In that moment? They were out of water and they needed help. How would a harp help them? Well, Elisha understood that there was a battle going on, one that none of the kings could see with their physical eyes. A spiritual battle was taking place in the heavenlies, and Elisha knew that worship is a powerful weapon against the evil one. He knew that when we raise our voices in praise and worship unto the Lord, the devil hates it. He runs from the presence of the Lord. What story have we learned about praise and worship unto the Lord that brought down the walls of a city? Do you remember the battle of Jericho? Do you remember when the men and women of Israel raised their voices in praise unto Yahweh and the walls came down? Do you remember when David would play his harp and sing praise and worship unto the Lord and it would calm Saul down? Elisha began to worship the Lord in that moment, and the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha, and he said, This is what the Lord says, Make this valley full of ditches, for this is what the Lord says, You will see neither wind nor rain, yet this valley will be filled with water, and you and your cattle and your other animals will drink. Did you hear that? They were to dig ditches. Do you know what a ditch is? Ditches are usually dug by the sides of roads to fill with the water that drains from the rainfall. It's so that the roads don't become flooded, but rather so the water will wash off into and collect in the ditch. The Lord told the kings to dig ditches, but there would be no rainfall to fill the ditches. The Lord himself was going to fill them. Then Elisha said, This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. He will also hand Moab over to you. You will overthrow every fortified city and every major town. The Lord was about to give the battle into the hands of the three kings. The next morning, when the kings awoke, they looked out towards the land and the ditches they had dug, and there they saw water flowing from the direction of Edom, and the ditches were filled with water. Now word had spread to the Moabites, and they heard that the kings had come to fight against them. So every man, young and old, who could bear arms was called up and stationed on the border. When they woke up early in the morning, the sun was shining on the water. When they looked at the water in the ditches across the way, it looked red to them, like blood. They shouted, That's blood! Those kings must have fought and slaughtered each other. This battle will be easy. Let's go on up and take what's left of the plunder. But when the Moabites came to the camp of Israel, they found that it was not blood, it was water. And the Israelites had not fought themselves. Rather, the Israelites were ready to fight the Moabites. They rose up and fought them until they fled. And the Israelites invaded the land and destroyed the Moabites, just as Elisha had prophesied. When the king of Moab saw that the battle had gone against him, he took with him 700 swordsmen to break through to the king of Edom. But even they failed. Now, here is something I must tell you, truth seekers, and it's very hard to hear, but you must hear it. 
You must know why this battle is more than just a battle between flesh and blood, but rather this battle was a fight against evil. When the king of Moab saw that he was losing the battle, he went to his false god, and he took his firstborn son, who was to succeed him as king, and he offered his son as a sacrifice to his god. He killed him on the city wall as an act of sacrifice to his false god, thinking that his false god would help him because of his sacrifice. Truth seekers, I know this is a detestable thing. For a father to kill his son and offer him to a false god is evil. It is pure evil. Our Heavenly Father Yahweh, the one true and living God, would never command such a thing. In fact, one of the Ten Commandments states, Thou shalt not kill. The false god of the Moabites was no god at all. He was really Satan, disguising himself as a false god. The king of Moab thought he was sacrificing to a god who would help him, but really he was sacrificing his son to the evil one, Satan. Elisha had known that this battle was more than just a physical battle. It was a battle against evil. This is why the Lord was with the Israelites and gave them the victory over the Moabites. This is why they were to completely destroy the Moabites, because of the evil in the land. Dear Truth Seekers, What truth do we find in today's story? In today's story, I learned much about the importance of worship. The kings might have thought Elisha was crazy for asking for a harp, but once Elisha began to worship, the Lord answered and came upon him. There are going to be hard and difficult things that you and I will face in this life. There are going to be battles we fight against the evil one. The enemy will try to lie to you and cause you to give up and tell you that there is no hope or that God is not real. But friends, when you turn on that worship song, or when you begin to open your mouth and sing to the Lord at the top of your lungs, the enemy has to flee. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. What does that mean? That means that when you praise and worship God, he can't help but come near because he loves it when we praise him and worship him. When we worship God, we are saying that he is worthy, that he alone has the power and the strength to save, that he is God above all else. He delights in our worship. When you are feeling down or discouraged, begin to lift up your voice in praise and worship. Sing a song of worship unto Him with your whole heart, and He will honor your praise. The battle is the Lord's. He is the victor. He has won and conquered over the enemy. You have nothing to fear. When you are a child of God, you have the protection of the hand of God upon you. Sing and rejoice unto the Lord, for He has won the battle. If you'd like to read today's story in your Bible, you can find it in 2 Kings chapter 3. Let me pray with you before we go. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you've already won the battle, that you are victorious, that when you sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and he rose from the dead, he conquered death. He conquered sin and the grave. He is the eternal victor. So we look to you, Jesus. We look to you to fight our battles for us. 
And when we feel discouraged or afraid, we will choose to lift up our voice in praise and worship unto you. We will sing songs of love and goodness and honor to your holy name. For Lord, we know that when we praise you and when we worship you is when the battle is won. When we worship you and we praise you, we know that you go before us and you fight the enemy for us on our behalf. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for your covering. We thank you that we are covered by the blood of Jesus. Lord God, I ask that you would give us courage and strength to face the days ahead. Lord, whatever may come, we put our trust and our faith in you. Help us to sing and rejoice and worship your name because we know in the end you have won and that gives us hope and that gives us reason to sing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining me today, Truth Seekers, and I look forward to our time together next week.